Hello and welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us for this lesson in our series, Who I Am, where we'll be studying the book of John and where we see that John is writing these things to everyone so they might believe and that in believing they might have life. In this awesome book where John presents the Messiah Jesus as God, we'll see lots of key truths and great application that we can apply to our own life. Well, thanks again for joining us. We hope that you enjoy this lesson. All right, you should be in your Bibles. You should be at John something, and John 7 is where we're at today. Uh, John chapter 7, we're going to hopefully go quickly through here. Uh, today I've been realizing that my lessons have been getting a little long, so I'm going to try and go faster for you guys. I think Lori has a sign to hold up if I get going too long. So let's read it, and then we'll pray. We're going to do verse 40 all the way through verse 52, okay? It's short, yeah. It's short, it's short compared to what we've been doing. <laughs> yes, thank you. I, I'm trying, okay? I know, normally we do like chapters and chapters, okay? We are going to go short today. All right, this is verse... <laughs> no, you guys will start clapping for me now. All right, thank you. You, you guys should have waited to clap to see how long it was. But we'll see. All right, verse 40. It says, Some of the people, therefore, when they heard these words, were saying, This certainly is the prophet. Others were saying, This is the Christ. Still others were saying, Surely the Christ is not going to come from Galilee, is he? Has not the Scripture said, The Christ comes from the descendants of David, and from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So a division occurred in the crowd because of him. And some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said to them, Why did you not bring him? And the officers answered, Never has a man spoken this way, or the the way that this man speaks. And the Pharisees then answered them, you have not also been led astray, have you? No, uh, no one of the rulers or the Pharisees believes in him. Has he? It's a rhetorical question. But this crowd, which does not know the law, is accursed. Nicodemus, he who had come to him before, uh, being one of them, said to them, Our law does not judge a man unless he first hears from him and knows what he is doing, does it? And they answered him, You are not also from Galilee, are you? Search and see that no prophet comes out of Galilee. All right, let's pray. Dear God, we just come before you and thank you for this day you've given to us. Pray that as we look at your word today, that you would um, help us see truth. Um, we love you, and we pray all this through Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, many of you, probably all of us, have been embarrassed by a certain person, okay? Um, there are times that I've been embarrassed by people. My mom, especially, I can think of like my mom when I was in high school. Um, there's one time I can think of that, so my mom's from Oklahoma. I don't know if you guys knew that. But she's from Oklahoma, and so uh, sometimes, like when she talks to like family from Oklahoma or something on the phone, she'll like start talking in like this weird Southern accent that she doesn't usually talk in, and I get really embarrassed by that, right? Or I used to. I don't anymore. I don't care anymore. But when I was like in high school and stuff, I'd get really embarrassed. I was embarrassed by my mom. Um, you know, there's lots of times like you see like you know in the movies and stuff where like kids will be embarrassed of their parents when they drop them off at school and stuff like that. But it's not only parents. We're, sometimes we're embarrassed about people in our life or something that people are doing or a person is doing. And today we're going to see that there are people that are embarrassed about Jesus or they're embarrassed that they are believers in Jesus. 
Okay, we're going to see a lot of different people. We're going to see three different groups of people, and each group, other than one, each group has several different people in that group that believe different things about Jesus. And so our question today is, how proud are you of Jesus, or are you ever? Are there times when you're ever ashamed of Jesus? Okay, that's the question I want you guys to think about today. First thing that we're going to look at is the crowd from verse 40 to 44. And there are three different groups within the crowd. Okay, Remember, Feast of Booths and all that uh, has kind of come to an end. And Jesus had taught at that. And the Pharisees and stuff, they were trying to get a hold of them, but they couldn't. Okay, And this is the kind of the reaction now of all these people that Jesus had been around in Jerusalem and in Judea in that area. Okay, look at verse 40. It says, Some of the people, okay, the people is a, is a crowd. There's a crowd of people, okay? So some of the people, therefore, when they heard these words, were saying, This is certainly the prophet. Okay, now, some of these people think that Jesus is just a prophet. Okay, he's just a prophet. Okay, he's there. They're, by saying this, they're saying that he's not the Messiah because in verse 41, which we'll look at in a second, but if you can look at it now, it says, Others were saying this is the Christ. Okay, so other people were saying this is Christ. So they are making a distinction between the prophet and the Christ. If you guys remember John 1.21, when we went over it, the uh, Pharisees or Jewish leaders, they come to John, the Baptist, JTB, and they say, who are you? Are you the prophet? And he said, no. And then they said, are you the Messiah? No. And so I think this, along with that, uh, definitely signifies that there was a, a view that there was a prophet and there was a Messiah, and there were two different people. Okay, and so there's a group of people that think he's the prophet, but they don't think that he is the Messiah. Okay, and there's a lot of people today that believe that too, right? Can anybody think of anybody or any groups of people off the top of your head that think Jesus is a prophet but not a Mormons? Mormons, yes, Mormons believe that. They actually they they look at him okay as a as a prophet, but in there it's kind of weird. They look at him as a spirit child. Okay, they think that he's a spirit child. Yeah. Muslims. Muslims, they do. Actually, I have a quote by Muslim, uh, or not by Muslim, but a quote about the Quran here in a second. Because Muslims do believe he's a prophet. Any, any other ones? Like, uh, I never, can never remember which which is the correct name, but there's the one there's the one people that come to your door that's not Jehovah Witness. Yeah, Jehovah Witness do believe he's a prophet. In fact, they have a a Bible that they specifically translate certain words. Every time it says, like um, like in John, when it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, They're, they have a special translated Bible that says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Because they think that he was, they say he was a God, but he's not a part of the triune God. Okay? Um, yes, all of these uh, people and more think that Jesus is just a prophet, and their main thing is that he's not God, okay, and therefore he can't, be who he says he can't take away sin. He can't be the payment. Okay, and we all know that Jesus is God. So this is a quote um, about the Quran. It says in the Quran, Jesus is described as a Messiah, born of a virgin, performing miracles, uh, accompanied by his disciples, rejected by the Jewish establishment, being raised to heaven. Okay, so they say all, they say all these things, right? But the Quran asserts that Jesus was not crucified, nor did he die on the cross, but was miraculously saved by God. Okay. That's what they say. The Quran places Jesus among the greatest prophets and mentions him with various titles. Okay, and the prophethood of Jesus is preceded by that of you know him, and then Muhammad comes after him. Okay, and so he's a prophet. Okay, according to the Muslims. 
Okay, and notice that they say he did not die. Because his death and his resurrection proved who he was. Proved he had power over death and that he could conquer sin and death, right? And so they say, well, Jesus, Jesus was just saved. He's a prophet that was saved by God somehow miraculously. No one ever saw or knew how or why. And so there are many people who believe that Jesus was a prophet, but he wasn't, he wasn't God, right? He wasn't Messiah, uh, which is wrong. And when we think about that, um, the reason that we want to do that is because you know, when, when Jesus is God, he's judge, right? And he's, he's conquered sin and death, and they don't want to admit that. And C.S. Lewis, you know, there's a lot of people that argue this point. Because I've heard the quote by C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis, it says, Jesus was either mad, bad, or God. You guys ever heard that quote? Okay, he, he writes in one of his books, he says, Jesus is either mad, bad, or good, or God. Sorry, mad, bad, or God, right? And so the, what he's saying is, based on what Jesus, who Jesus was and what he said, he was either a lunatic, okay, like crazy, or he was a liar, okay, or he was who he said he was. He was God. And tons of people try and, I was looking some stuff up online today, tons of people try and say, like, this is an irrational, like, argument, but it's not. Okay, it's not because Jesus claimed to be God, and he claimed to be uh, the one who takes away the sin of the world. He claimed to be all these things. So if he didn't do those things, he's not going to be a good prophet. Right? Which is what everybody wants to make him. They all want to make him this good prophet or this good person, but he's not actually Messiah. He's not actually God. And the reasons they want to make him a good prophet is because he's a... Like, you cannot get around the fact that he is perfect. Like, his, the way that he lived, what he did, you can't get around those things. And so they're like, well, we can't say he's a lunatic because he doesn't act like a lunatic. We can't say he's a terrible person because he wasn't a terrible person. We can't say he's, you know. And so they say, well, we'll just say he's a prophet. He's a good guy. A good prophet. He's close with God. And so that's kind of what these guys are saying here. They're saying, well... This, this is the prophet. This is the prophet. He's not the Messiah. He's just the prophet coming. Okay, And so these people do not believe that he is the Messiah. Now, there's another group of people within the crowd that do think he's the Messiah. Okay, Look at it. Verse 41 says, Others are saying this is the Christ. Okay, So there is a group of people. In fact, we're going to see more people because we're going to see Nicodemus, and I think he's believed already. But there are, I think, many people at this point, uh, as it said earlier in John, there are many people who believe. There are many people who are believing in, in Jesus for, as, for eternal life, as a Messiah. There, there are Jews, and they're saying, He is the Messiah that is in the Old Testament, and we believe it. Okay? His disciples and some of the other guys, they believe it. Okay? And that's what we believe too, and that's awesome. And uh, they saw Jesus, they saw His works, and then they didn't make excuses for him not being the Messiah. They saw what he did. They heard his words and they said, yeah, he's the Messiah. Okay, They were saying and believed in him for eternal life. Okay, If you keep going in verse 41, still others, Okay, because it says still others, I think it's actually a third group, were saying, surely the Christ is not going to come from Galilee, is he? Now, I think these are people that are unsure or they don't really know because they're like, okay, these people are saying he's a prophet. These people are saying he's the Messiah. Well, is the Messiah, is he, is, is he going to come from Galilee? He's not supposed to, is he? I don't know whether I what to believe or not. Okay, And this tells us that there is a, there is a lie out there. Okay, uh, And there are people who are deceiving or trying to say that Jesus is not who he says he is. And it's confusing these people. 
Okay, they're not they're unsure. And now this is interesting because look at verse 42. It says, Has not the scripture said that Christ comes from the descendants of David and from Bethlehem, the village where David was from? Just a little while ago in this context, and just last week for us, what did the people say? They said, We don't know where the Christ is going to come from. We have no idea. So he can't be the Christ because he comes from somewhere and we don't know where the Christ is going to come from. And then you said, has not the Scripture said? Okay, And this just goes back to the point of last week that people just wanted to believe their own truth because they know what the Scriptures say. They say that the Messiah is going to come from Bethlehem and yet they were saying, well, Messiah is just going to... We don't know where He's going to come from, so He can't be the Messiah. They're making excuses to make Jesus out to not be the Messiah. Okay, And that I mean, that's what they're doing. Verse 43... So a division occurred in the crowd because of him. Okay, there's, there's this division in the crowd. Some believe that he's Messiah. Some believe he's a prophet. Some are unsure. And some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. Okay, some of them, uh, this crowd, you know, the crowd could include these next two groups of people that we're going to talk about. Okay, and I think we'll see in a minute. Uh, the, the Jewish leaders, <clears throat> they definitely want to seize him at this point. Okay, so it says when, uh, when it says some of them wanted to see him, it could be the Jewish leaders, it could be some of the crowd and the Jewish leaders, but there are people that want to take Jesus, okay, and they want to get rid of him because he's claiming to be Messiah, and they know, and they look at his lifestyle, and they say, what, what are we going to do about it? Like, he looks like a Messiah, right? He looks like a Messiah. So uh, they want to kill him, okay? Eventually, uh, they, eventually they will, okay, and he'll rise from the dead, but... Right now, they're seeking out that as he's claiming these things. Okay, the next group of people we want to look at is the officers, and I like this one. Okay, because these guys, I think they actually go from unbelief to belief, which is really cool because they see Jesus and they see how he talks and what he says. Um, and so let's look at it. All right, verse 45. It says, <clears throat> The officers then came to the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they said to them, Why did you not bring him? And the officers answered, Never has a man spoken the way this man speaks. And we'll look at verse 47 too. It says, And the Pharisees then answered them, You have not also been led astray, have you? Okay. So, these officers, okay. First off, who are these officers? Okay, there are uh, basically... From what I got, from what I studied, Bob Wilkin and a lot of other people, they think they're basically temple guards. Okay, when the temple guards, they're Levites. Okay, so they're from the tribe of Levi, and they're assigned. They may not be priests, or they may be priests, but they're from the tribe of Levi. Levi, and they're basically assigned to guard the temple in different areas. Okay, I have a quote. Okay, now this is an encyclopedia quote. Okay, so don't get lost too much on me here. But this is like an encyclopedia quote about what these guys did. Okay. A strict watch was kept over the temple and was maintained. The guard was composed of three priests and 21 Levites. Okay, so that's three priests and 21 Levites that are guarding the temple. Okay, the priests were stationed at one chamber of the flame and one at the chamber of the hearth and one at the chamber of the anabas. And uh, the Levites kept guard as follows. One of each of the five gates, the mount of entrances, and one at each of the four corners within the mount enclosures and one at each of the five important gates of the courts and each one of the four corners within those courts. 
And one in the chamber of sacrifice, one in the chamber of curtains, one behind the Holy of Holies. Okay? And the captain of the guard saw that everyone was alert and doing what they were supposed to do. If anyone was found asleep, uh, they would be punished. Okay, so basically, there's a bunch of Levites. There's three main guards, right? These are, those are priests. And then there's a bunch of Levites that are guards. And there's the captain of the guard. And we see this throughout the New Testament. You hear, you've, you've probably heard the captain of the guard and stuff. So these are guys within the temple that are guarding the temple and the things of the temples. Okay, so these, these guys, okay, officers or temple guards, okay, apparently they were sent by the Jewish leaders to go um, get Jesus. Okay, because it says in verse 44, look at it again, it says, Some of them uh, wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. And then it says, The officers then came to the chief priests and the Pharisees and said to them, Why did you not bring him? Okay, and they said to him, Why did you not bring him? So, by this question, by the Pharisees asking these temple guards, Why didn't you bring him to us? It indicates that they sent them out to go get Jesus. Okay, it doesn't say that. It kind of like skips to where the officers are coming back. Okay, but apparently... The Pharisees, because remember, we're all, okay, the Pharisees, they probably come to these temple guards, okay, and they probably say, you know, I don't know how many of them, probably a couple of them, they say, hey, you guys need to go get Jesus, okay, what he's doing right now, you guys need to go seize him and bring him to us, okay, and so these officers, these temple uh, guards, they come, they go, and they go to get Jesus, but then they come back, and Jesus isn't with them, okay, so then the Pharisees say, why did you not bring this guy to us, okay, the officers, these temple guards, they answer, Never has a man spoken the way this man speaks. So they go to get Jesus, and apparently they hear him talking, and they're like, we're not seizing this guy. We can't seize this guy. No one is like this guy. Okay, And then the Pharisees say, you've not been led astray also, have you? So you're being led astray by this man. Okay, I think that these guys could have been, could have been believers, these temple guards or whatever. They could have went to Jesus, heard what he was saying, and became believers. Okay, uh, We don't know that. It doesn't say that. But that's something that they could have done. But based on what they heard, they did not take him like the Pharisees said or had told them or commanded them to do. Okay, So they didn't take him back. Uh, they may have believed and said. So that's the second group. The third group is the religious leaders. Okay, And then we'll look at these guys. Um, there's really two groups of these religious leaders. And I think we can probably get the most application from these these guys right here, okay? This is verses 47, where they answer the officers all the way through verse 52. And we'll see one leader in particular. <clears throat> verse 47 says, The Pharisees then answered them, You have not also been led astray, have you? And this is the Pharisees still talking. They say, Not one of the rulers or the Pharisees has believed in him, has he? So they say, No one, none of us have believed in this guy, have we? Okay? And the crowd... Verse 49, but the crowd, this is still the Pharisees talking, but the crowd which does not know the law is a curse. Okay, so some of the crowd's believing, we know that. And the Pharisees are like, well, this, this crowd, this, this basically they're saying, this crowd, they're stupid. They're idiots. They're not like us. We're religious leaders. We know what we're doing. This crowd is a curse. They have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, they're being led astray, but we are not. We are not being led astray by this man. And so you're following the crowd instead of the religious leaders? That's what they're asking these officers, these uh, temple guards. But look at verse 50. Nicodemus, okay, he who came to him, Jesus, before being one of them, said to them, Our law does not judge a man unless it first hears him and knows what he is doing, does it? And they answered him, You are not from Galilee, are you? 
Search and see that no prophet arises out of Galilee. Okay, so this is a very interesting thing because it shows us, I think, the heart of the some of the, all the, a lot of the Pharisees. Okay, and there are actually two groups of Pharisees in here, I think, or religious leaders, I should say. I shouldn't just say Pharisees, but religious leaders. Most of them probably were Pharisees, though. The first one is prideful rejection. Okay, prideful rejection, and honestly, pride is what uh, causes people causes us to reject Christ, right? And so let's look at uh, verse 48, okay? They say, No one of the rulers or Pharisees has believed in Him, has He? But the crowd which does not know the law, they are accursed. Okay, and so they say, Listen, we know what we're doing. We are the religious elite here. And this crowd, they may be being led astray by uh, this, what they would call, false teacher. But we know what we're doing, okay? And we know what's right. And in fact, not one single one of us religious leaders are following this man. Is that true? No, which plays into our next thing, okay? And we'll see in, in John 12, actually, it says there were many of the religious leaders who were uh, secret disciples, is what it says. Okay, so they think that none of them, none of the elite religious people are following Jesus, and they say, hey, listen, none of us are, but this crowd is. And so what we see here, I think, is pride. Okay? Basically what they're saying is, we're the only ones spiritual enough to see through this man. When in reality, their pride was blinding them from seeing the truth. And they think that they're the only ones that are religious enough to see through the schemes of Jesus and the, the falsities of Jesus. When in reality, their own pride is what's keeping them from seeing the truth about Jesus. Right? And so I think that's a, I think that's a big deal. And, you know, all of us in this room probably that I know of have believed in Jesus for eternal life. But sometimes we can still let pride get in our way. Right? And so we can even apply this. Even though... You know, hopefully all of us have believed in Jesus for eternal life. You know, we can still let pride get in our way, I think. Okay, but then we see this other group, okay? And it's this group of fearful believers, okay? Fearful believers. Look at Nicodemus, okay? And it doesn't say that Nicodemus is a believer, but I believe he is already at this point, okay? And we know from John chapter 12 that there are many who are believing in Jesus from this group, from Nicodemus's group, Okay? So verse 50, it says, Nicodemus, who came before him, Jesus, uh, being one of them, said, Our law does not judge a man unless it first hears from him and knows what he is doing, does it? They answered him, Are you not also from Galilee, are you? Search and see that there is no prophet that comes out of Galilee. Now this is interesting because um, I think Nicodemus and some of these guys believe in Jesus. Okay, But do they say that they do? No, they don't. The crowd is saying that they do. Some of the crowd is saying we believe that he's the Messiah. But these religious leaders uh, that are believers aren't willing to say that. And here's a couple things I was even thinking of this morning. Okay, What would have happened to Nicodemus if he would have proclaimed Jesus' name? I mean, we don't know. But what, like, what, what do you think would have happened? Demoted, kicked out, possibly, right? Scorned, at least. He was at least scorned. That's the one that we know, right? Because they're already scorning him just for standing up for Jesus, right? Because in verse 51 it said, Are you from Galilee? Are you kidding me? Are you from Galilee? Are you from way up north? We're from, we're from Jerusalem, where God's from. Are you from up there? 
you search it out and see that you know they're already kind of scorning and mocking him. Okay, just for just for saying this. So we know that they would have scorned him and mocked him. I don't think they would have killed him. They're not killing people that believe in Christ yet, right? But they're going to get made fun of. He's going to get made fun of. Okay, uh, we don't know if he'd be demoted or not because we don't know how high up he was. We know he was the teacher. So I mean, it probably would have taken a lot of work to demote, you know, him. But basically, he's going to get made fun of. Okay, he's going to get scorned. He's going to lose his reputation, possibly. Most likely, he's going to lose his reputation. At least in front of these guys, he's definitely going to lose his reputation. Right. So there's things that he's going to lose. And when I thought about this, I was like, this is kind of the day and age that we're in. Like right now, thankfully and hopefully. It doesn't happen. But like right now, we're not going to get killed if we stand up for Christ. Right? Right? Okay? But we could lose our reputation. We could get made fun of. I mean, it used to be you didn't even get made fun of. But now, at this point, like, you can get made fun of now. You can kind of lose the in crowd, being with the in crowd, that kind of thing. Um, We've even seen, you know, certain athletic people who have kind of, missed opportunities or not been denied certain opportunities because they were, were outspoken about being believers. right? So there's things that we can lose out on, like Nicodemus. Okay? But I don't believe Nicodemus and these guys are right in what they did in sitting back and not proclaiming Jesus. Okay? And again, it has nothing, to, we all know this, it has nothing to do with eternal life, right? When we believe in Jesus, we get eternal life. But then, these guys, after they've done that, they kind of sit back and they're like, I don't really want to speak out for Jesus. It reminds me of Peter, right? All right, so uh, I got two questions for you. And I want to read this passage from Peter because I think it's good. First one is, how do you view Jesus? Okay, hopefully all of us view him as a Messiah, okay? Because there's a bunch of groups in here, right? And two of the group, well, two to three of the groups that we looked at believe in him as a Messiah. The officers were unsure on, but uh, definitely some of these Pharisees that are hiding it and then some of the outspoken crowd believe that Jesus is a Messiah, and hopefully all of us believe that He's Messiah as well. And if we do, <clears throat> we need to put our faith in Him for eternal life, and we need to be able to proclaim it to others, because there's one group that's believing that He's a Messiah and proclaiming it, and there's one group that's believing in Messiah and not proclaiming it. That leads to the second question. What situations do you tend to be ashamed of Jesus in? Okay, like What people do you get in front of that you're like, yeah, I wouldn't really talk about Jesus in front of those people? Or, yeah, I, I really just kind of try and lay low and not really talk about spiritual things around those kind of people or that person. Does that make sense? Because usually there's people in your life that you are kind of, I mean, there is in my life, right? There's always people in my life that's like, they will judge me if I talk about Jesus, you know, and they will, you know, scorn me in some ways, you know, or, or you know, at least think of me differently if, if I talk about Jesus, okay? And so... I want you to think about that question. Okay, this is from Matthew. Talk about being ashamed. Okay, this is the most famous ashamed of Jesus passage there is, right? It says, Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him and said, You too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he, Peter, denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. When he had gone out into the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said, to those who were there. This man was a Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know this man. A little later, the bystanders came up and said, Peter, 
Sure, or sorry, you said to Peter. Surely you too are one of them. For even the way you talk gives you away. I said, you have an, a Galilean accent, so we can tell you're with him. Okay? Then he began to uh, curse and swear. I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word which Jesus had said. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Okay, G- uh, Peter, like, Peter's a believer here. Okay, he, I think he believed in Jesus for eternal life. He believed in the Christ as Messiah at the wedding of Cana when he turned the water into wine. Okay, so he's a believer here. And yet he denies Christ three times. Why? Okay, because he's, he's scared of a lot of things. Okay, one, at this point, he could be scared of death. Right, because he doesn't know what's going on with Jesus. They may be killing him, and they do end up crucifying him. Right, But he's also scared, not only of death, but he's also scared of the people around him, what they'll associate him with. Okay, because now, Jesus is not popular. Okay, and many times in, that, in his ministry, Jesus <coughs> was popular. Right? But now, he's been arrested and taken for an outlaw. Right? And so now, Peter's like, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know what he's thinking. But the natural thought process is: I don't know if I want to be associated with someone that is an outlaw. Or look at all these people. Like, let's say there's this many people in the courtyard, and John's already gone in because John actually got to go in for some reason. So let's say Peter's kind of out there, but I'm Peter, and I'm kind of by myself. And all you guys think that Jesus should die, or all you guys think that the religious leaders are right, and that Jesus is a false prophet, or whatever. And I'm all by myself. Like, my natural tendency is going to be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who Jesus is, right? Because I'm the only one. Okay? And I think in our life, sometimes we're not bold for Christ like we should be. Okay? We, you know, maybe we don't deny him like, like Peter did, but we're ashamed of him. Maybe we don't talk about him like Nicodemus, right? Nicodemus didn't deny Jesus, but he sure didn't speak up for Jesus. I mean, he slightly spoke up for Jesus, kind of in a very passive-aggressive way. But he definitely didn't step out and say, hey, what this guy's doing and saying is true and it lines up with Scripture. We need to, we need to look at this guy. All right? he, didn't, he didn't step out and say that. And there were several other leaders who didn't say anything at all. You know, I mean, they they're just, just don't say anything, right? Even, and no, none of them tried to, that I can see, okay, and that, that we can see in here, none of those guys tried to stop the Pharisees from sending those officers to go arrest him, right? And so, basically, what I'm saying is we need to be bold for Christ, okay? We need to be bold for Christ because there are people probably in our life that we are kind of ashamed of Christ when we get in front of them, okay? Or when we talk to them or when we're hanging out with or whatever. Like, we, we tend to be a little bit ashamed of being a Christian, of being a Christ follower. Uh, or maybe we're ashamed of being on fire. Like, it's okay to be a Christian, but to really be serving and to really be like, to like really love God, like you get a little bit ashamed of that. You know, and so we need to look at ourselves, I think, and go back and ask that question. What situations do you tend to be ashamed in, of Jesus in? Or what people do you, are you tend to be ashamed of Jesus around? Okay, and we need to be bold for Christ, okay? Thanks for joining us for True to the Bible podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this lesson. 
If you have any questions about this lesson or any of the other True to the Bible podcasts, don't hesitate to contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope that you join us for our next lesson.